We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. This text that we're going to look at today, Paul is going to do a couple of things. One, he's going to explain to you how you can have true peace. Because some of you today are in conflict with your spouse, with your neighbor, with your school, with your parents, with your family, with your work, with your country. Some of you have conflicts within, trying to decide the difference between that which is right and wrong. And Paul wants you to know, and I want you to know, that you can leave here today in a few moments with all the bitterness and the rage gone, all the prejudices and the hatred gone. The conflict and the emptiness, the hollowness can be gone. He's also going to explain to us how two of the greatest separations of all time came together. The first between God and man. That's one of the greatest separations. In fact, it is the greatest separation. And anytime we sin, and you just need to understand this, we've been talking about this, so I don't want to go over it again. Sin, I don't care the size of the sin, it separates us from God. Sin causes a separation. from. In the Garden of Eden, we were united until sin came. Sin is what separates us. So you're going to see in this text how God tears down the wall between us and God. The second wall, write this down in this text, is between Jews and Gentiles. Underneath the roof of the church in Ephesus, just like this roof, there were Jews and Gentiles. And there had, we're going to see this, it had a lot of problems between the Jews and the Gentiles inside the church. Paul is going to explain how that wall of hostility between two people groups, how that came tumbling down. And if God can remove the barrier between us and him, and if God can remove the barrier between Jews and Gentiles in the church of Ephesus, guess what? God can remove the barriers that exist in this church here today. So, verse 11, therefore, remember that formerly, this is what you used to be, 
You who are Gentiles, stop right there. You who are Gentiles. If you're not born a Jewish person, then you are a Gentile. All right, are you with me on this? So here's what he says. Remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth, and you're called, this is a derogatory term, the uncircumcised, by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men. That's the Jewish people. Now, I want to stop right here real quick. Do I need to explain circumcision today? I just want to know. Because I got some pictures and I can explain all that. How many of you would prefer me just not to go into the circumcision, the details of that? Okay, good, 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 good. Because I I didn't really want to go there anyway. So then we come to verse 12. Remember that at that time, you, the Gentiles, here's this phrase, here it is. You were separate from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel. You were foreigners and to the covenants of the promises of God. And you were without hope and you were without God where? In this world. I've said this to you again. I don't know how you get by in this world without God. How does anybody get by without God? The only way you'll ever get through this life in one piece is with God. And the Gentiles were without hope. They did not have God in this world. Now the Jews divided the entire world. And don't be upset with them because we all do the exact same thing. The Jews divided up the entire world between us versus them. The Romans did that. The Romans, it was us versus them. The Greeks did that. It was us versus the rest of the world. And the Jews, too, it's us versus them, the Gentiles. It was true then, it's true today. You're either a Jew or you're a Gentile. Now write this down. If you were a Jew, you were God's chosen people. And if you're not a, if you're not a Jewish person, well, you're just a part of the uncircumcised group of people. You're a low-down, good-for-nothing Gentile is what you are. Now, the Jews, stay with me, when a baby on his eighth day, the first week that he was born, when he was eight days old, his parents would take him to get him circumcised. And when that little boy was circumcised, what that was signifying was that he was now a part of God's chosen people. He belonged to God. And the Gentiles, not so much, all right? And what the Jews were teaching, and that, let me just say, say this real quick before I get into that. The Jews and the Gentiles, there were so much hatred, the Jews actually said this about Gentiles. They said this about folks like you. They said Gentiles were created to be fuel for the fires of hell. That's what they thought of Gentiles, and they're worshiping the same church. Back when Paul wrote this, if you were circumcised, it meant that you, as a Jew, had committed your life to God you had been accepted by God, and you're now in God's family. You're in this exclusive club. You're chosen. You had special status. Yes, you had to live according to a moral code. That was part of the circumcision thing. You had to live according to the Old Testament, which we still have in our Bibles. If you were uncircumcised in that day and age, it meant several things. One, that you were basically religiously ignorant. You didn't know the things of God because if you knew the things of God, you too would be circumcised like the Jewish people. 
I mean, that's what the Jews, this is where all the division came. The Jews were actually saying to the rest of the church, the Gentiles, if you want to become like us, be a part of God's family, you're going to have to be circumcised. And all the Gentiles were saying, ouch. I don't know if I want to do that. And the Greeks and the Romans, if you think about it, back in that day, they were well advanced in politics and architecture and, and philosophy. Their world was also filled with immorality and sexual deviancy. All of it was opposite of what God had called the Jewish people to be. The Jewish people were called to be holy, to be dedicated to a holy God. So you can see why if they looked at a Gentile who wasn't circumcised, they'd go, well, you're not even following God. I want to ask you a question. Our culture today in America as a whole, are we moving closer to God as a nation or are we moving further away from God? Which is it? We're moving further away. So spiritually speaking, we're uncircumcised. If we're not a part of God's family, we are separated from Christ. We don't don't even know Christ in our culture today. We are excluded from citizenship. We don't belong to God's family. God, we're not saved. Well, we're foreigners to God's promises. We don't even know the covenants. We don't even know the promises. And we are without hope. Our world today is without hope. So let me say this. Stay with me. Sin is what separates us from God. And sin is what separates us from one another. You are not separated based on the color of your skin. The color of your skin does not separate us. It's sin is what separates us. And people living in Ephesus had a sin problem. So the question is this. How can I tear down this wall between me and God? Because I got got all this sin stuff. How can I tear down that wall... And how can I tear down the wall of hostility between Jews and Gentiles or between two different people groups? And the greater question is this. How can I have peace with God? How can I have peace with one another? How can I have peace within? Three times. How many times? Three times in this text, you're going to see a word called peace. Here's the first one. Write it down. The Bible says he himself is our peace. Who is our peace? He is our peace. Verse 13 says, now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Verse 14, for he himself is our peace. Now watch this. Who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Who who tore down that wall? Jesus tore down that wall because there's him and me and I'm separated. But he tore down the wall of hostility through Jesus Christ so that I can be once again connected with God. I want you to write this down. This is a very important point here. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace, biblical peace, is when you're one. 
I've seen husbands and wives live underneath the same roof. There's no fighting going on, but they don't have peace. Conflict is not the absence of peace. Peace is when you're united, when you're inseparable, when you're together, when you're on the same team where nothing can divide. True peace, biblical peace, and according to the Bible, Jesus is our peace, not his teachings, not his way of life, not his viewpoints, but Jesus himself is our peace. Now look at verse 14. It says he himself is our peace. He's the one, Jesus is the one who makes two people one. Well, how does he do that? He destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh when he dies. He he takes the law and all of those commandments about circumcision and all that stuff you got to do in the Old Testament and all of its regulations, and he, he abolishes all that by being on the cross. You see, because to the law, I am a sinner. I'm a sinner, according to the law. I have disobeyed God. I am separated from God because of my sin. I am lost. I am broken. I stand before you. I, I have no peace. And I want you to know, a lost person has no peace. Jesus, according to Isaiah, chapter 9, 6, is called the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace is the one that goes to the cross. And there on the cross, he sheds his blood. He dies for me. And he takes all of my sins. He takes all of my brokenness. He takes all of my emptiness. He takes all of my guilt. And he takes it to the cross. And he did all of that just to create peace in me. He is my peace. That's what this says. Now, number two. Now watch it. This is different. Number two. He himself is making peace. Jesus is making peace. Look at verse 15, the second half. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of two and thus making peace peace, verse 16, in this one body, now here's the, here it is, to reconcile both of them. Both of them means the Jews and the Gentiles. You see the word both? Everybody say both. Both. In this one body to reconcile both of them. God wants every Jew to be reconciled to God. He wants every Gentile to be reconciled to God through the cross. Now watch this. By which he put to death. What's the next word? Their what? Now I got to get this. You're saying that he wants every Jew to give their life to Christ and every Gentile to give their life to Christ. And if a Jew will give his life to Christ and if a Gentile will give his life to Christ, then when they do that, it destroys the barrier between the hostility between both of them. Do you see that's what that says in that text? Listen, it's difficult, almost impossible to make peace between two different people groups. In some cases, it's not that we just don't get along. In some cases, we actually distrust. We have hatred towards other people groups. And it's difficult to remove that once that gets in your heart. 
Through the cross, he makes two one. Through the cross, he breaks down the walls of hostility. Through the cross, through the cross, he brings Jews and Gentiles together. Through the cross, he heals broken hearts. Through the cross, he removes the racial prejudices and hatred that exist. Who unites us here today? Jesus unites us. And even serious things like racial division and past transgressions and past injustices, something happens at the cross. Something happens at the cross where when Jesus dies, all of my sin, all of the things that I have done wrong have been removed, and God unites me with God forever. And when I am made one with Christ, and when you are made one with Christ, then you and I become one with one another. That's what this is saying. Number three, he himself is our peace. He himself is making peace. But write this down. He himself is preaching peace. Verse 17, it says, he came and preached peace to you who were once far away, those were the Gentiles, and peace to those of you who were near, those were the Jews. For through him we both, there's that word both, both Jews and Gentiles, we have access to the Father by one Spirit. In that building that I showed you, there was a place called the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies was the place where God lived. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. They had a large curtain that was uh, before the uh, Holy of Holies, And no one on the entire earth, no one could ever go into the Holy Holies except one person on the entire planet, one person. And it was the high priest who was symbolic of Jesus Christ. He would go in there in the presence of God once a year. No one else could go. And I give you the Bible verse and you notice when Jesus dies on the cross, that curtain separating us from God is torn in two but it was not torn from the bottom if it was torn from the bottom it would signify that you and I got together and pulled on it and we tore it so man got access to God we did that no the Bible says write this down the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom it actually started tearing up top that curtain ripped because God was the one who tore it when Jesus died on the cross and therefore gave all of us access to God every Jew now has access to God Every Gentile now has access to God. All of us now have access to God. Verse 19. What's the first word? What is that word? What does that mean? It means based on everything you just heard. What did you just hear? Well, that we're all separated by God, by our sin. We're separated from one another by our sin. But Jesus goes to the cross and dies to remove the barrier of sin so that I can have union with God through Christ and I can have uh, uh, the barrier between you and I are broken down. Consequently, this is the good stuff. You are no longer foreigners and aliens, but now you are fellow citizens with God's people. You are all members of God's household. You all belong to the same family. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what the color of your skin is. You're now part of the same family. 
You better get used to that. Verse 20, built, God's household, the family of God, is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You know what that is? That's the story of the three little pigs. You know the story of the three little pigs. First little pig built his house out of hay, and the big bad wolf, he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down. Second little pig built his house out of sticks, and the big bad wolf, he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house down. And that third little pig, he built his house out of brick. And the big bad wolf, he huffed and he puffed and he blew, but he could not blow that house down. Why? Because it was built out of bricks. And what he's talking about here is that the church of Jesus Christ is made up of people, different backgrounds, who've all been made one with Christ, and now they're one with one, one another. And with those people, God builds his church based on the apostles and the prophets, and Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. And what that means is that this world and the things of this world and the devil himself will never, ever be able to destroy this church. Ever. Oh, but here's the good stuff right here. Here's the last thing. Here's the good stuff. In him, Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In verse 22, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Listen to me. When you get a bunch of people, different backgrounds, different colors, Jews, Gentiles, rich, poor, slave, free, we all put our eyes on Christ and we trust in him and he washes away our sin and we are united with him and now we're united with one another and this church is built upon the foundation with Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. That verse says, that's the kind of church that God says, my spirit will flow, I will dwell, I want to live, God says, in that kind of a church. And you and I, we got to preach that. You ought to tell the whole world, hey, look, you need peace. Are you broken? Are you lost? Are you hurting? Let me tell you my story. I was lost. I was broken. I was empty. I was separated by God, by my sin, but God sent Jesus to die. The Bible says he's the prince of peace, and he took all of my sins, and he made me one with God. He created a new man, and I just want you to know that if God can create a new person out of someone like me, that God can create a new person out of somebody like you, we ought to be preaching peace. And then, and then you ought to say, and you need to come to my church because you won't believe it. All the walls of hostility have been broken down, and it's a church where Jesus is the cornerstone, and it's a church where the Spirit of God flows, and you need to come to my church because you'll find peace in your heart peace with your neighbor, peace with one another. You need to preach peace as Jesus preached peace. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message tonight, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel. Or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, 
we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. We also want you to know that Pastor Dudley Rutherford has a monthly devotional that he'd like to share with you. You can easily sign up to receive this devotional by simply going to our website, liftupjesus.com, and clicking on a link at the top of the page that says Monthly Devotional. There is a place on the Monthly Devotional page where you can enter your name and email address and begin receiving Pastor Dudley's monthly devotions on a regular basis. It's that simple. This is just one of the many resources we offer on our website, liftupjesus.com. That website again is liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, hoping you'll join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.